quiet and not talk. Where's the chat? Where's the live chat at, bro? Thank you. Thank you. That's awesome. So yeah. uh, we were just talking about carrying guns in that real quick. Let me get back to this before you do an intro, Bill, because there was something super interesting that I read. And I don't think I brought this up to you guys before. Maybe I did. But um, we were talking about school shootings, carrying a gun, getting crazy, shooting bats. Uh, Chris shot his brother or something. I don't know. I um, shot the sheriff. With yeah, the long Chris, one. Chris is frozen. But I'm anyway, not. I'm just fucking with you. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> My my kids came home with a, uh, a school handbook or some BS that they they had to sign and we had to sign. Okay, so the one night I'm like, my son's like, I have to sign this. I'm like, what the hell am I signing? I didn't know if he was did something wrong at school. What's going on with it? Blah blah blah. So I started reading it. It's a thick handbook. One of the things I thought was peculiar, which I still like, I think I should like do something with this, right? There was a spot in there where it said that the school takes out an individual insurance policy on each kid mm. in case oh, something this, in case yeah. something happens what? at school for the kid. Yeah, and I'm like, oh, that's, that's nice of them because they're going to help out the family or whatever. And it's like, no, it's they're like, lawyers. And then it said the the parents are responsible for um, taking out their own insurance policy on their own kid because the, the school's policy is not payable to the family. And I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. So, Conspiracy theory shit. So people are asking in the chat, uh, what why a way to open I... the show, by the yeah, way. Sorry, sorry about that. We're finished. Why am I? Yeah. People are asking why, where am I? What's going on? They're asking where Brett is. We're actually in the same room. We're right next to each other. We just, you know, all we have to do is I reach over and I'm going to touch his ear. No, we're both in <laughs> hotel rooms at different places. I'm in Atlanta. Where are you at, Brett? Oklahoma. Oklahoma. I'm I'm in the I'm in the panhandle. Um, you know, when my when my kids and, and wife drove up here last Horn like two weeks handle. ago, we uh we were counting uh windmills because that's all there is. There's uh, over sixty three thousand in the state Dude, of Oklahoma. I hate, 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 hate windmills. Why do you have a deep seated fear of them? Uh, of no, no, I, birds. they're uh <laughs> so where I'm from, I'm from a small town up in the thumb of Michigan and uh just, just like, you know, a regular small town, farm town sort of deal. And a lot of nice, what I would consider nice, just like farmscapes and fields and barns and stuff. And instead, all we have is just windmills now. So you look across the horizon. I'm not going to break character. We look across the horizon <laughs> and all we have is windmills. Windmills as far as the eye can see. Windmills so they just, for other windmills. they just irritate you because you don't like looking like, at them? Like one windmill is blown into the other windmill, it seems. Like, why do we have two like, windmills? That's how most people install mini splits. It's like turbocharged, oh, right? That, and like <laughs> the, the few things I hear about them for, you know, all the fossil fuels that go into building them, putting them in place, and then you get, what, like 10 years out of it, and then they may break even. It seems real. It seems like it's a good idea, but we're not quite there yet to make them efficient. Like, why don't we just burn all our garbage and produce steam from which a, a lot of other countries do this. They burn their garbage, their garbage in incinerators, which heats up water, produces steam, powers uh, steam generators to make electricity. Instead, because then they, would, then they would have to use scrubbers. That's the problem because there's so much noxious stuff that's put in the garbage. You don't really know what you're what you're putting out in the atmosphere. So yeah, you, you would have to employ expensive scrubbers to scrub each particulate that's not dangerous for everyone around but you. instead we're just taking that garbage and putting it directly into the earth and letting it well rot. i don't know but but actually no we're putting it there's a lot of stuff that's not necessarily true because i've read some of that crap too and there's there's propaganda people put out there well but but remember you're putting it into a landfill that has this ridiculously thick plastic that does let the trash biodegrade, but it never goes past the plastic. So you're literally just stacking it in the earth for people a billion years from now to dig up and be like, what the fuck were these people just saving their trash for? But I feel like in a billion years, all these plastic shampoo bottles that we throw away, for example, oh, yeah. they're still going to be there. Those don't biodegrade. It's okay, bro. We're moving to Mars, bro. We're just going to abandon this planet and we're bouncing over to Mars. We so, just have, we just have to do the polls. That's we'll it. still be here when the great trash landfall happens. Dude, a, uh, have you not? Have you not seen Wally? That's exactly the fucking thing of Wally. Idiocracy, bro. Wally. 
that's Walt. So, that's a great documentary. Kind of on that topic, um, I just found out today I was put on by the general contractor I work with. I'm doing a passive house coming up in the next couple. Ooh, of weeks. yeah, cool. yeah. We don't How know if someone do- actually afford a passive house. It's a million dollar remodel on a hundred year old home, and it's no. not a very big house. So, what wow. is a passive house? It's yeah, like. I don't know. It's like net zero. I don't know all the ins and outs. Nate Adams would be a good one to uh, to talk about passive house. It's stupid, whatever. But it's basically like you're not using any external electricity power. So it's a million get. dollar remodel. Like, are we talking legit million dollars? Or are you just like saying yeah, that's one hundred percent? Like right now, this is budgetary numbers. Which he kind of asked me while I was driving down the street. What do you think your HVAC is going to be on this? And he's like two ducted mini splits. I'm like, I don't know. I just shot a number out, and then he started going over the details. We're doing a serve to the ERV uh, where you duct all the runs to each individual room in that, and it's like a smart. And now we're going over the details. I'm like, yeah, my number's not even close to being right. Like, we're way over what I told you it was going to be. You know? so. <laughs> and he's like, that's all right. I'm loaded. No, this is a general contractor. So now, oh, okay. now they're going to have me come in, look at prints, and actually start doing real numbers and math, you know? So uh, this last week, we had probably one of the worst heat waves we've had in a long time where we had consistent, I'd say more than last week, probably two weeks. We've had above 105 degrees closer to 110 in that area. And everything is falling off the map. We have misting devices out on so many pieces of equipment. We have compressors going off on thermal overload, left and right, high pressure controls, tripping like, and we couldn't even keep up with it. It's been freaking bonkers. It was just, I, I don't how, know. How long can you leave uh, water misting on a condenser coil before you Not start? Not very long. <laughs> I mean, uh, honestly, yeah, it, the minerals yeah it, it. it destroys everything. It destroys everything. But like, there's nothing else we can do besides replacing equipment and going bigger. But you can't do that right now. Like, you stupid, know, stupid idea. But you know, those like cartridge filters that people use on their whole house and that. Can you yeah. like rig, rig one up on the hose? And... You can do all kinds of things. Oh. I mean, but it's still going to have the system up there. It's still going to have calcium in it, dude. That stuff doesn't clean it out completely. What it's we ended still... up doing was we did, we did a, uh, we took a Homer bucket and basically put a thermostat on it and you mm-hmm. we were able to plug it in with the 120 with a water solenoid. So, because they were, they were, you know, these, this one particular customer, they would have us put in a bigger compressor, put in more cases and then not do anything for the condenser. And the condenser was 20 years old. So they're like, well, it needs to run. So we would have to put water in, but then they would complain, hey, you're using way too much water. So we ended up putting everything on a Homer bucket and then basically putting uh, the line on the drop leg. So if ever the drop leg got up to a certain temperature, it would kick on yeah. the, ther- the, the, the thermostat, would kick on the solenoid, start cooling it down. And then as soon as it warmed, you know, cooled down for the day, that it would stop because, you know, it had that automatic thermostat on there. Yeah, I was thinking about... But it's, it's, you know, when you're in the middle of it, you really don't have time to deal with a lot of that crap. But they do make like inline battery operated sprinkler timers that have hose connections on both sides. And I thought about getting those and only having it run from, you know, 11 a.m. to 7 p.m. and then shutting off like that would help a little bit. But yeah, it's just been bonkers. But I wanted to talk about that a little bit because uh, another thing that I ran into was in the last, so for the longest time, I've held out from converting any ACs that had R22. I've been using R22 just consistent. You know, my customer's been happy with it, but lately it's just been getting nuts. So we finally did, I've got like three or four 407C conversions um, that I've had out there for a couple months now. Every one of those ones that I converted, uh, we ran into problems where they're tripping breakers, the compressors are going off on thermal overloads. And, uh, I'm, you know, the 407 C I'm starting to see the, 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 the holes in the efficiency loss when we're getting these high temps and it's really starting to suck. I'm starting to like question, like, damn, do I need to go back in and just put 22 in all of these? Like what's the percent? Sorry. That's okay. To say I have breaking news. What's that? Zah just sent me a message saying Uh to tell you, Chris and Adam. Hi. Okay. Hi Zah. Uh, one uh, thing too, uh, Randy Ravioli and his little dog Luke. He told me that we need to say hi to him tonight. What's up? Did Randy? you guys? Did you guys see Randy rocking that golf cart last week? Yeah, dude. Did you see his mom's reaction? 
<laughs> no, I didn't see that. Was she in the video or oh, was it? Yeah. Just, so, so, so they're driving the golf cart, right? And obviously one of Randy's family members is letting Randy drive. And then his mom's in the golf cart, but you can't see her. And then uh, the other person in the golf cart said, all right, it's time to go into the woods. And his mom's like, oh, no, we're not. Not with him driving. And it was just funny because then the camera looks at Randy and Randy's like, I'm cool. He was having fun. Go ahead, so, I don't care. Yeah, that was pretty funny. It reminded me of uh, Dukes of Hazard. Yeah, but have you guys had any 407C issues? What about you, Brett? Have you had any issues with it on refrigeration? Where you uh, lose capacity? We tried, we got 407C. We we actually, honestly, we use four, 407C is more derived for air conditioning. Right, uh, right. We, we typically use 407A, 407F. And, yeah. you know, and now we're out to the HFOs, you know, where you're using, you know, the 448s, the 449s, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, you're going to see a capacity. I was actually just trying to look that up now. I was trying to figure out how many BTUs per pound R22 has versus, you know, 407C. Because that's essentially you're probably your problem, right? Because if you think yeah. about it, because your head pressure is higher, okay, and I'm going to go a little wizard on you. So if – Remember, energy can't be created nor destroyed, right? So it can only change form. Transfer, so, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So if you have if you have uh, higher pressures, higher compression ratio, then you're essentially going to have higher heat, right? Well, heat is a form of energy. So if we bring our head pressure down, then it actually increases the actual pumping capacity of that particular compressor. And yeah. so because you're already on a shortage of BTUs per pound for 407C versus 22, now the compressor is struggling even more. It has a higher load on the on the pump. And now what's going to happen? Now the head pressure is going to be higher, and then you're going to lose even more capacity from the compressor. So it's yep. a whimsical circle that you're just screwed. Yeah, and that's it. I mean, and that's why with the uh, um, like 448A, you know, they're they're telling you liquid injection all day long, you know, to try to help a little bit, which which kind of is derating the compressor theoretically, isn't it? Uh, a little bit because you're using a little bit of the capacity. Just a little bit, but with a scroll, they're injecting it into a place where they're getting the highest efficiency out of it, right? If you if you look at the if you look at the compressor for low temp, where you're using liquid injection, I think that valve with the with the the rotolock fitting on there. Yeah, it's uh, a, the DTC valve. It's but it, like if you look at the size, it's like I think it's only like certain compressors have certain size valves, right? So that yeah. one's like I think up to a third of a ton. I had a unit where I was running out of liquid. I was legitimately running out of liquid. And I actually did a science experiment where I put ice on top of the receiver and it was condensed. The ice would essentially condense the liquid mm -hmm. that, or the vapor that was left in there and give me a little bit more liquid because of, whenever the unit would start feeding liquid injection, it was stealing too much liquid away from my system. So essentially the condensed unit was undersized and it would work fine if it didn't need the liquid injection. So cooler days be straight. But as soon as it started feeding the liquid injection, the, the compressor was on that capacity range where it was on the borderline of potentially not making enough liquid for the whole system, right? Does I mean, that make doesn't sense? Doesn't mean it's undercharged yeah. then? I, I just thought of a random thought too. I you know Maybe I can ask Sporlin. Maybe they can give me the information. Because I believe Sporlin actually makes the DTC valves for Copeland. Because um, if you open them up, they actually they are like implanted and they look like a Sporlin valve if you take them out. But um, I'm curious... How much of a capacity loss if you took like a TREV, uh, I don't know the part number for a temperature responsive expansion valve, Y1037 or it's something weird. But if you took one of those versus a DTC valve, I'm curious because the DTC valve actually injects into a certain spot in the scroll versus the temperature responsive expansion valve. You just install it in the suction line, don't you? No. Where does no. the temperature responsive expansion valve go or the TREV one go? It, um, I thought it didn't. Oh wait, yeah, I thought it goes into the suction line. That, that I've never has, installed them. The, the liquid. The, are you talking about the one that's a liquid injection where it basically tries to compensate for a high high suction temp? No, there's a. I thought there was a, a, a Y. You're talking about a Y1037 that has a, a capillary tube on it that goes on the yeah. discharge line. Yes, yeah. those things. So the the like, if you look at the part numbers on them, it'll be Y1030 or yeah, 1037. And then it'll have a next number, which is the tonnage, and then the next number, which is the temperature. So those things are typically either 190 or 230. Um, you can decide what you want. The reason why the the other ones, the DTC valves, look a little bit different is because basically it's going into the head of that. Yeah, it's, it's the little rotolock connection. That's on the only difference. Yeah. And a lot of times, what happens is when cats are you know pulling out, like when they're changing out a compressor, they they take a channel locks and squeeze it real tight, and then all of a sudden that compressor takes a crap the next time around because now they're just 
they now squash the bulb, which puts more pressure on that valve. And then it just starts feeding yeah. all the time, even on the off cycle when it's not supposed to be. Are we confusing the hell out of you guys? I mean, <laughs> things that I, uh, I think somebody I, got into uh, some, uh, some heat crap and spoiling documents on the plane ride over. For sure. No. <laughs> so, oh yeah, I like to answer that real quick. So I'm in uh, Georgia right now because I'm doing like some video stuff with, with heat craft. So that's what Bill's implying. Um, so, but anyways, staying at the oh. pineapple palace, I see pineapple palace. That's right. We got the big party going on. They rolled out the red carpet. I got a, a view of the, um, the parking lot. So it's cool. Nice. We got a, we got a, we got the we red had, carpet uh, experience. Bill's moving to a hotel slash motel tomorrow. <laughs> oh yeah. That's, that's right. going to be, he great. says, he says he bought a house and he's moving, but he really is broke and he's, he's, we're, mo we're basically moving into the parking lot of a truck stop that's exactly right but he, they're, they're moving into the parking lot of a bucky's is that's what pretty much do. dude you could <laughs> live in the parking lot of a bucky's like a parking lot of a bucky's is an entire city i watched no a documentary kidding. on bucky's now there's okay, a documentary yeah it's on youtube just look up bucky's there's a couple of them. Oh, okay two things that i took from right. it. if i understood it, it correctly right he owns every one of those and he self-finances them that's what I heard. They're, it's all his money. And Bucky's does not cater to trucks. They don't have anywhere for trucks to park. It's only for cars. No, it's not. Is it not? Yeah, Do they no. have some that have not. trucks? No, they, they have separate, they, you know, they have separate another uh side where you know they, they have directional where the trucks have to pull in to a certain section. So they have a so, row of diesel pumps. Okay, so interesting. There must be different ones because the documentary that I watched, they were saying how they don't cater to trucks at all. So I was kind of like, whoa, that was interesting. It's it's crazy going in because you'll see like there's a smoker, like a like a fourteen hundred dollar smoker that you can buy. Yeah. You know, hmm. the, the 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 ice is cheap as hell and just it is there is never not one time we're in, in a Bucky's that I've been in, there hasn't been under a hundred people in there at once. That's now the next wild. thing that I heard was the documentary that I was watching was also talking about this new Bucky's that they're building. And so I guess the biggest Bucky's now is not going to be in Texas anymore. This new one they're building, I don't know where it is, but it's going to be bigger than any other one. And it's not in Texas, which is kind of crazy. Oh, no. I've never been to one. I want to go to one. I've now. never like, been either. The closest thing we have here are like the Pilot and the Flying Jays and the Loves truck stops. And those are, I mean, decently sized, I would imagine. Like you go in there, they got a yeah. restaurant, they got an eatery. Um, some of them have like a little kitchen. You can get fried foods and whatever. And bathrooms hey, and like I'll toy give you guys sessions. a tip. We, uh, if you guys ever want cell phone holders for your work fans, go to a truck stop. They have the best freaking cell phone holders mm, ever. They have the coolest ones point. that telescope and have all kinds of weird crap. I've been to truck stops. I remember when we were traveling around playing shows back when I was a musician. Oh, did you know that Adam was like a legit musician? He has like a music video and stuff. I'll have to share that with you because I'll find the music video one of these days. Um, so anyways, they <laughs> didn't realize this, but they you could pay money and there's showers. You could take showers at truck stops. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing, dude. I guess I, I always just thought like truckers were dirty ass, smelly people. Well, I mean, and they the, are. The truck but... stops all fight for the cleanest, best amenities. So they all keep each other on their toes and, and make the truck stops nicer like... and nicer. I used to service uh, pilots and we would sometimes get called out for like things in the bathroom, the exhaust fans or plumbing issues or whatever. And yeah, I mean, those bathrooms were fucking spotless, dude. Yeah, it's crazy. Hey, I got a question. Do you guys have fast food place where you're at called Del Taco? Mm, yeah. yeah maybe. Okay. So, so that's a Southern California, like taco place. And I'm out here in, georgia and i'm like there's a freaking del taco i didn't know they were out of california i thought they were just in california so well that goes, it's, that goes the same with yeah, i thought these were them. just a texas thing and i didn't yeah. realize that they were in florida they're in georgia like i just yeah. i was looking one up right now because i was curious but how far north do they go uh that i'm not sure but i i just looked it up and they're they're 70 the one in tennessee that just was built was seventy four thousand square feet okay so that's probably the wow. biggest one now or something like that 74,000 that's like a fucking feet. shopping mall dude 74,000 square feet that's freaking bonkers dude so there's a there's a, a supermarket chain down down here in texas they're they're more i say tech or, yeah they're in texas and predominantly in south texas they're opening one up by my house 111,000 square feet damn 111,000 square feet 
that's yeah, nuts. that's I don't even know what to make of that. And that's a gas station. What's Cyborg talking about? In Canada, we have en route. Not quite as big though. They do have electric vehicle chargers. Uh, interesting. Well, since our resident Canadian's not here, we're not allowed to talk about Canada. Sorry, Cyborg. Yeah, he he actually he didn't tell the group he wasn't coming. Nope. I didn't know he was going to be here. He shot me a text message individually, and I'm like, what's going on? He's like, "Um, yeah, I am. I'll let you know after the show. I said, are you in trouble with the law? (laughs) (laughs) Are you in the trunk of a car? Do you have someone in your trunk? Like it's, it was, <laughs> oh, that's a good question. Yeah, very is there somebody secret. in your trunk. Not very cool. I don't know what he's it he's driving down the road listening to Stan from Slim Shady. Freaking mm-hmm. rocks out. That, that dude is the most secretive guy I've ever met in my life. For real, dude. And, and, and you know how what? He's probably got nothing him? going on. Right? How long have we known Joe? And then we find out these little nuggets, and we're like, "Whoa, for real!" Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh man. Oh, I still can't man. believe you guys don't know where he lives. Nope. 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 Not even nope. close. I mean, we How know many, it's Canada. Uh, my wife thinks he's a serial killer. Yeah, mine too. <laughs> no, I think he's more of a more of like a mafia boss sort oh, of guy. I hope undercover so, dude. mafia. No, because if he was a mafia boss, he'd be hooking us up with cool stuff, dude. He's a cheap mafia boss. Oh, uh, that's true. That's true. He's he's on a budget. Ever yeah. since he got relocated yeah. from a witness protection program, I don't think so because he's he's wearing like salmon polos and yeah. and like and and the like the 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 basketball jerseys. Like I'd expect tracksuits. Like if I thought mafia, I thought you know uh, I'm married to an Italian from New York, and and you know you know my my <laughs> my father in law is a uh, a criminal defense uh, attorney, and you know he's like, oh, I, I got you this. I'm like, where'd it come from? Well, off the truck. What truck? Don't worry about it. You know, don't worry about it. I got, I got it for, a, I got it for a deal. I got it for a deal. I wouldn't worry about it then. He's, he's in the chat right now. Yeah, he's, he's commenting. He's, dude, he's plotting to kill us. That or he's coming down like he's gonna knock on my hotel room door right now and then. I don't know. Him. He, he is. He progressively gets later every week, and now he just doesn't show up anymore. I yeah. think that he just has new priorities, and he met someone, and he doesn't care about us anymore. Yep, hundred percent. Um, that's 100%. what I'm thinking because he's he's dressing a lot nicer. Yeah, he's dressing true. a lot. Nicer. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Did you see that? He was wearing a chain last week, and he was all trimmed yeah. up and proper and yeah. stuff. That's right. You know, that's exactly. Hey, what's right. up, Trevor? Yeah, Joe did get fired, and we are taking auditions. So, <laughs> uh, send your tapes to hvacovertime at gmail dot com. <laughs> Hashtag Clive. Joe had to go, and he went. <laughs> Big. Clive. Did anyone watch the Ted Cook interview? What Ted Cook interview? I didn't know uh, it was on, on Shop Talk. Oh, hey, I got to tell you guys, I kid you not, when I got on my airplane today, Bill Spohn was on the same plane with me and Ted Cook. And I sat next to Ted Cook on the freaking plane, dude. No, because he was sitting right next to me. But he was a dead ringer for Ted Cook, dude. It wasn't Ted, but he doesn't travel. He doesn't travel. I'm trying to, I think he should really consider going to the symposium this year. Ted should. Yeah. Ted for sure. I did. I told him about. It. He's like, "Oh man, Joe Shear was there. That'd be cool." You think, I, you think would, Ted would like. He would it? have well, such a good time. I was telling him, "I'm like, there's a lot of cool classes." He's like, uh, "Screw that! I wouldn't go to any of the classes." <laughs> well, hey, you know what? One I mean, could go to the really. symposium and just stand out and talk to everybody, and then just go to the after parties, and they would have a blast. Yeah, so. that's True. kind of what we did for the most part. Yeah, there was a handful of speakers we went and saw, and classes we went to. Yeah, I wish I would have done more. You know, that's what this next year will be for. Right. You know, the first one's kind of break the ice, get to know everybody, see what the whole thing's about. And the next do you want to do you want to take my speaking spot, Adam? I'll pretend like I'm going to speak and then I'll let you go up there and you could do a class. Do it. I'm talking about refrigeration, big picture. Uh, you can talk about anything you want. They don't give me a criteria. They just said, what do you want to talk on? Mm-hmm. I just don't really want to talk. I just want to go and enjoy it. So I'm going, but I'm, I don't think I'm going to be a speaker. I'm just going to just talk. Just pre-record it pre-record it and then when it's time for you to speak just put up one of those wacky waving and infer- inflatable arm flailing <laughs> tube men in your spot and just play the audio there you and go like, wow chris is riveting he's got so much energy yep that's right oh man but yeah that, that heat wave that hit us it was funny because come today all of a sudden we had a cool down it was only like 91 and it was overcast and like thunderstorms everywhere so man. whatever i was i was able to get out of town and 
it was 94 on a roof today and i was thinking to myself like god this is like i'm in california oh that's not california bro 94 that's a nice roof oh that's man. that's that's springtime dude i mean i wasn't dying but i was like this is i've had about enough of this for now yeah when it's 115 outside it's about 120 on the roof it's five to ten degrees hotter on the roof depending on if they have parapet walls if they have parapet walls and uh the white roofs or even the the asphalt roofs either one it, it all sucks dude all of them suck so so texas is weird because it's so big so like if i'm in I'm in dallas you know it has a different weather system than than like houston, houston. yeah and like yeah. i was i was all the way down uh near evalde uh evalde evalde texas yeah, which is right near the mexican border and i you know i've changed condenser fan motors for years and i couldn't sit my ass on the condenser it would i'd burn yeah. i'm like what am i supposed to do and they're like knee pads and very quickly i'm like okay fine have you, you ever noticed uh like I, I never figured out what it was but i get blisters on my feet and at first i thought it was my boots were too big and i was like what do i gotta and no it's just too fucking hot dude my feet are burning inside my boots you know this sounds weird but i wear winter socks all year round okay uh, and yeah. you and you'd think like your feet are gonna sweat i mean they do get a little warmer than normal but the uh, the winter socks are there's so much more padding to a winter sock so when you're in your boots all day it's oh it's great dude like i literally no extra sweat i don't get blisters wear winter socks chris i know that sounds counterintuitive uh, plus uh, dude i wear i wear long sleeve shirts and a black undershirt every day of the year so because that keeps me cooler actually and then don't tuck it in leave it untucked and it mm -hmm. has like air pockets for the air to get up underneath and, and then it keeps it the sun off you that's the so biggest not, reason why I yeah. wear long sleeves because I'm afraid of skin cancer. So, which you're in California and you should really be afraid of that. It's yeah, funny. They got, sorry, they got so much smog. I don't think you have to worry about it, right? Yeah, no. We got fires right now. We haven't had fires in like two years, and all of a sudden we got a bunch of fires right now, and it's bad, dude. When I pulled our car out this morning, there's ash all over the car, and like I'm not you know, anywhere where where fires are going to get to my house. I'm not in a fire zone, but they're all around me so you guys remember your first high school dance and like that first time you were dancing with a girl and you're like all weird and like awkward trying to like move around and like step on her feet and stuff you mean when i was just standing with my friends talking about how i was going to go ask some girl to dance but i never Kinda. did that level of awkwardness yeah that's <laughs> yeah. what it's like when joe isn't around to keep us even keeled that's true hey i do want to address know. the fact that uh um I see Michael Hausch in here. What's up, Hausch? And then Hausch is talking to Jenry. Jenry, I'm super stoked. I want to listen to that podcast you did with Brian. A bunch of people are talking about a, a podcast that Jenry Garcia did. So Just I'm going to try to listen today. to that. Yeah, I'm going to try to listen to it. I am hoping to get on Jenry's level in the near future. And yeah. uh, I'm on my way. Not, not next week. The following week, I'm going to the Energy Conservatory for some training. And I'm looking nice. to it. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, I I don't know, uh, you, you know, Brett, you've kind of heard us talking a little bit, but we kind of, uh, well, I've been kind of just doing just some basic research on the home performance stuff just for my house project. And I'll never fully understand it, but man, that stuff's mind blowing, dude. Like it, it just when, and, and then we had the luxury of having a class um, last weekend and with Steve Rogers from the Energy Conservatory where he just did like a class with us and he's such a cool dude, but it's just it's crazy man it's just you think you know a lot until you talk to someone that smart and you're like Nothing. there's there's literally i know everybody has said this or heard somebody else say this but there's so many little niches to this industry there the is little, the little things like oh you can do airflow you can be an airflow specialist you can be controls yeah. you can do yeah i mean and you can were, have you can have what you think and like i think i'm pretty smart and i understand air like right no no i don't well, i don't understand anything about there was, air, uh, you know? he, he was telling us actually about a project he was working on with jenry right yeah where yeah. they're having issues cooling a house in florida i believe he's from right and yeah. it was a four ton and what was it did they think it was undersized or something they were going to put in a five ton but then they measured the duct leakage to outside and it was depressurizing the house or something or I, some crazy crap was happening and then steve was able to figure out if he put in a five ton um it would basically make no difference whatsoever because the duct leakage was it would increase the building mm -hmm. leakage would increase and it's yeah. like he showed because, it because because basically the 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 if you if you think about it, it again, part of the problem. we're probably butchering this story but if yeah, you think fair. about it 
the the air leakage into the house if you picture it was a 10 inch hole well when you put the bigger unit on there you're now moving more air so therefore you're bringing more air in through that 10 inch hole and it was an interesting story we'd have to have jenry come on and talk about it probably well i was at the symposium like i was amazed like i would turn around and airflow turn around there'd be another class airflow there was so Mm. many classes just on airflow i'm like completely agree it's so yeah. nice to have Trevor's class where it's just about <laughs> refrigeration and stuff. I mean, not knocking like the airflow and that side of things, but you're right, man. It was. Oh, no, no, no. I, I'm not knocking at all. I'm just, I was utterly amazed on like, like the amount of people that would go to like these different airflow. And I know some of them were a little bit different, but same principles, you know, measuring the Delta measuring, you know, measuring the, you know, make sure you, how much leakage you have, you know, uh, measuring the water column, the static pressure, like it just all that stuff. Like I just, I was kind of amazed that there were so many classes on it. I think flow though is like it's like one of those topics where a lot of people, the good percentage of the people in the trade, don't truly understand it. Right? Right. Right. There's always like a there's they don't even understand the importance of it. Right. And then you start throwing in leakage, like house leakage, duct leakage, whatever, envelope leakage, and then you're like, what the? Like listening to Steve and Chris, you know, Chris Hughes, Steve Rogers, tell us about all this. It's like, yeah. Mm-hmm. it's also interesting too, like, you know, cause Steve does a good job and so does Chris of like explaining things to you. So as they're talking to us and kind of, you know, giving us some advice and training us, I start thinking and I'm like, Oh wow. So like, you know, if just some Joe Schmo like me gets a blower door and puts it on his house and then thinks, Oh yeah, I'm just going to seal up this leakage right here, you know, but there could be so much stuff you can do because what happens if you have, you know, you start pulling air in through your attic and different things and you have asbestos in your attic and like, there's so many different things you could screw up, you know, if you don't know what you're doing. Speaking of the airflow. So I got to, um, do a walkthrough of my, my new house and they have, uh, it has, I think you said it's doing like four air exchanges per hour or something like that. So airs, free air is being brought in through the basement and then as far as um, mechanical exhaust, they have just the, the two bathroom fans are constantly on. Constant. I never knew that was a thing before. Yeah, they so, constantly run. So here's something that they do by me, which I just don't understand how this can be legal, but everybody thinks it's the, the bee's knees and the best thing is they just install quiet, cool, whole house fans. And they, they say that your house does air exchanges when you push the 60-minute timer on the quiet, cool. And it just brings air in, but it's well, like it's not filtering that air. Yeah, well, I mean, they might. Are, mm-hmm. How are they bringing in the fresh air? Because actually, Bill, that was one of the things I didn't really truly understand in Quick Model. I mean, I guess it was an energy gauge decided Quick Model, but like because there's an exhaust only um, ventilation area, and I was talking to Eric Kaiser. I'm like, how could it be exhaust only? He's like, well, if you're pushing air out, you're going to be bringing air in. Yeah. Um, so. Uh, how are they bringing it into the return? Is there just yeah? Like- they're bringing it straight into the return with the mechanical damper. All right. So they make they make dumb ones and they make smart ones, right? So the one that's on my house from original is basically whenever the air conditioning kicks on, um, it's bringing bringing in X amount because the houses are so well insulated that you, so it doesn't get stale and stagnant in there. You got to bring that air in, right? Yeah. So they have dumb ones that are like, okay, I'm just going to bring it in. It's always done in the return, so you're at least filtering it. So you're you know you're not putting all that crap you know, from wherever you're pulling that air, typically they, they put it in, in the, uh, in the eve of the houses a lot. And the, uh, they have smarter, smarter ones that wouldn't be able to turn on unless the humidity is at a certain percentage. Cause I mean, yeah. you're not going to bring in more humidity and basically kill the efficiency of your unit. So those are the smarter ones that is like, yeah, I need to bring in some fresh air. So I might either reduce it or if the humidity gets to a certain set point, I'm just, I, I'm not going to do it. Yeah. I find myself in my head, I'm, I'm trying to go like over complicated and I'm like, how can I take a Honeywell Jade controller and start adapting dampers and making my own economizers for my oh, house man. and pulling it through filters? That's, and like, that I, seems like something you would do. See, I've got all these ideas in my head. I'm going to give myself the big picture. <laughs> Honeywell makes a, I think it's pretty cool. I don't know. Everyone else probably has a different opinion on it, but there's a fresh air ventilation control. Um, I don't know the model number on it, whatever. But I, I actually just use two of them, and it's pretty cool because they have like these little dials on it, and you could set, um, you know, for the the ventilation requirements, sixty two two or whatever. You could set how many bedrooms you have in the house, how many, um, what's the square footage of the house on the dial, and then there's another dial that says, um, 
how many CFM are you bringing in? And based on all those numbers, it will open the damper and run the ventilation accordingly to meet code. The only way That's I could see like they would be efficient if you had if you had a delta P monitor, like basically between yeah. the outside of your house and the inside of your house, and basically measuring that. So you get a stagnant pressure of what it is where you have a little bit of because you always want a little bit of positive pressure, right? Um, you never want a full negative pressure because then you're going to pull in crap from any other nook and cranny that that's essentially leakage in your house. And, you know, I've done that where I was like, I took my thermal imaging gun and I'm shooting stuff. I'm like, what the hell's wrong with that window? What the hell's wrong with that? You know what I mean? Going around everywhere trying to figure out, you know, where I was getting some leakage because I was having problems with the AC at one of our houses. You know what will blow your mind is turn a blower door on and then look with the thermal imaging camera. It amplifies the leakage and you're like, Dude, all the the baseboards of my house because I'm on slab, dude, fucking pulling shit in through my baseboards, and it's like, damn, because they didn't seal things right or something. But you only see it when you have the the blower door putting your house under negative pressure, and then putting the thermal imaging camera on there, and it's just pulling that. And it's it's pretty crazy. I haven't gotten that on film yet, but I will. But, I always forget you guys don't have basements over there. Nope. Like, I th- mean, some places have them, but not where I'm at. So how thick are the slabs then? That your house is on uh, any idea 18 inches typically, right I wonder i don't think they're that thick dude uh, probably six inches i was that. gonna say if i had to guess six or eight inches if i had to For guess a house huh yeah that seems i mean they have a footing that goes around that's thicker it goes farther down into the ground yeah mm-hmm. yeah but the actual slab right. yeah probably be six inches but again i don't understand any of this stuff i'm just an idiot that some cool people sent tools to and i'm just trying to figure it out so you're gonna get me hooked and i'm gonna start just reading up on a bunch of shit then so thank yeah. you very much for that thank you you're i appreciate that. I have nothing what was that what was that thing that christopher hughes was gonna send us from the energy uh, conservatory oh, actually, so funny thing i don't know how this worked out but he was he's at him yeah uh i see you posting a lot of stuff about the true flow and blower door and that blah blah and line uh you know we were talking about it whatever. yeah but he's gonna send you guys for whatever reason the dg8 what's that a micro uh, it's a super super um tested manometer yeah hmm. interesting well i'm gonna be going to that nci class pretty soon so and actually well, that, know that uh, doesn't really into that, but uh, they use the manometer quite a bit in the duck duck system optimization class I took through NCI. That was an awesome class. Yeah, mm. I was kind of uh, well. I don't know how much we're supposed to be talking about this, but yeah, we probably whatever. shouldn't. Yeah, probably shouldn't be talking about it. I'm sure they don't care. <laughs> oh, we yeah, should bring whatever. Steve Rogers on the show one day too. I think that would be cool. Have mm-hmm. Steve on, and even if it's not for the whole show, just have him on for a few minutes or something. That'd be kind of. I bet cool. he's a wild guy behind the scenes. Yep, he's actually a really nice guy. Adam's all asking him questions like in a private chat, and he's like totally like giving you like crazy great answers and stuff too. I bet That's he's cool got dude. one of those little brass circle things that looks like a tiny stopwatch, and you flip the little thumb level open, and it's just filled with cocaine. It just like takes a little bump <laughs> every once in a while. He strikes me as that kind of guy. He wears a Hawaiian shirt for God's oh. sake. Well, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna comment not on that. Hawaii. It was last Friday, I think it was, that we were talking to him, and then like I had the whole night in the morning to stew on what he had to say. So then, like I'm driving to a uh, an estimate that I had. I'm like, well, what about this? Like at stoplights, when I start throwing all these crazy situations at him. <laughs> oh, is that where you started the? Uh, yeah, the uh, conversation about um, what was it like? The pr- the neutral pressure plane between floors of a building or something like that. Yeah, I'm like, all right. Yeah. So we, we we learned about the neutral pressure plane, and you know that has to do with the leakage up high in a building versus the leakage leakage down low, and where the equalization point is at. I guess you would say it, if if that's if I'm saying it correctly or whatever. But then I'm like, okay, what if you have like a condo building where you have a multifamily building stacked on top of each other with flexicore, you know, the concrete slabs? Do you have multiple lo- neutral pressure planes? You know, um, and he gave us like a kind of like a complicated, it's complex. It's a comp- nerdy answer. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty cool though. It's, it's neat because, you know, it's not that I, I know that I'm not completely educated and I'm not an expert in refrigeration or anything, but it's also nice to just kind of delve into something else every once in a while. And mm-hmm. it just kind of opens up your brain and you'd be surprised how much airflow comes into the refrigeration side right obviously it comes in a lot but 
it, it, it's pretty cool to like have something fun to kind of dive into. And at the very so. least, it should show you the importance of airflow in, in any application. Well, and you know, one of the cool things too is we have these conversations and Brett, I'm sure you've done this before too, but you start having a conversation with a manufacturer and you kind of get to influence decisions that they may make in the future. Like I'm like, hey, we need to be able to do this airflow measurements on commercial equipment, you know, and you get to kind of bring that stuff up and it's kind of fun. Yeah. I know that we, we got to influence them by we, we Bill's like, do you have any shirts? Uh, no, but you can help us design them. Bill's like, how about swear words and middle fingers? Is that where Fuck yeah, yeah, bro. <laughs> no, but it is pretty nice. Like Brett, you, you are in a position now with the podcast and stuff. Like you get to talk to manufacturers too. Do they ever take your input? Do you think and, and do things with it? Um, sometimes I get an email back that says, nah, <laughs> like, so, <laughs> so like, I mean, I'm not, I'm not trying to be funny. Like, like, so we had an issue with a particular unit where it kept icing up and then that would be one call. And then occasionally the compressor would go off an internal overload. And I wrote this long diatribe of an email with all kinds of bulletin numbers, you know, proving, you know, uh, you know, Copeland, Copeland numbers. Cause there was a couple of things that were happening. So the, the unit I believe is oversized and I proved it because what I did was it was running like, um, 75 degrees saturated and i jumped it all the way up to 105 well when i did that right the compressor essentially becomes a little bit less you know less as big as what it was you know because you're raising the compression compression ratio so basically it went from running a negative 14 degree saturated up to like an 18 degree saturated but still this evaporator is supposed to be running at a plus 28 so i'm still like way overshooting my suction pressure uh-huh. So I, I basically figured out well, I'm like about 20% oversized. So what's happening is when you have when you have a higher TD. So if I have a coil and it says a WKE 120, all right, that's a one ton coil at a 10 degree TD. If you decide to lower your suction pressure 10, uh, 10 degrees lower than that. So instead of running, like if we're trying to maintain 30, we would maintain 20. But if we inherently is going to. So what happens is the TD increases and then basically now that coil is no longer a one ton coil because it's not at a 10 degree TD. Now it's a 20 degree TD. So now I would need a two ton expansion valve, not a one ton. So what would happen is you'd run a high excessive superheat. You'd have about 30 degrees of superheat. And you could tell because the defrost termination sensor typically should be damn near the temperature of the saturation, damn near what the coil is. And it wasn't, it was 30 degrees superheated once it went through the second pass, even though there was like six more passes to go. So it would ice up, then it would ice up and then you'd lose airflow. Then the the expansion valves, the pulse with expansion valves would throttle down even more, drop the suction pressure even more. Then the compressor would go off internal overload because what happens is, you know, medium temp uh, scrolls. and, And if anyone's listened to any of Trevor's stuff, I mean, he'll tell you, if you, you run outside of that operating envelope, like if you look up the AE bulletin for that particular compressor that I was talking about at that point in time, um, they'll tell you that the low pressure switch needs to be set at 36, which means you don't want to run any lower than that because you raise, you know, you raise the compression ratio and the compressor wasn't made for that. So essentially what happened was I wrote everything up and sent him this long diatribe of an email and their response was, nah, we have many of these all over the country and you're wrong and we only oversize it by 20 percent. i'm like well that's still oversized then and it's you know there there needs to be concessions and unfortunately you know uh some manufacturers some they they don't want to hear what you have to say you know because they could fix this easily by by doing other things you know i think too like if they say yeah you're right i think that would probably open up them open them up to like a huge liability uh oh. like recalls or i don't know lawsuits. but the thing is they 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 tell you that they have these installed all over the country um are they aware that you work and you have techs all over the country well yeah. that and all over the country has different climates so that doesn't necessarily that's not a, a real valid statement because in minnesota it might not be they might not be running into the same issue that you're running into down here. So I hate that term that we have been doing this 30 years. Yeah. But if they, but if they oversize, but hold on, if they oversize it, you know, if their standard is oversizing it by 20%, just to make sure they have that buffer range. Yeah. 
you know what I mean? And they, they're going to do that all over the place. So they're, you know, they're going to size it for that, but forgetting, you know, that, you know, like, let's just say if you have a unit in Minnesota, it's going to get cold as hell. That saturated condensing temperature is going to go way down and it's going to exacerbate the issue because basically yes. the compressor is going to increase in size because you're lowering massively, the compression ratio. Massively increase in size. And, and we've had, you know, lengthy discussions about that, Brett, with all the new AWEF stuff, because as you know, you buy off the shelf condensing units, from supply houses, which is in my light commercial stuff, you're just going and buying a condensed unit. It comes with, you know, uh, they're, they're basically running the saturated temperature a lot lower, whether it be through fan cycling or through, you know, head pressure control valves or whatever. And it's so critical that we size this equipment right because we run into these problems, you know. So where, have, you, have you guys come up with a workaround to, to, um, to yeah. make these machines work? Turn off a condenser yeah. fan motor. <laughs> so you, I mean, you, you could stage up, stage up the switch. pressures. Yeah, you could stage up the pressures. But the only other thing that you can do, and there's there's one chain store that I've had the same discussion with when they were having the similar issue, and I was like, hot gas bypass valve because you're basically taking that discharge pressure and then dumping it in the suction. But yeah. as you know, if a compressor gets hotter than the suction line gets hotter than 65 degrees, you're going to cook those windings, right? So then, basically, what they're going to do is they're going to have liquid injection as well to combat that. So you're, it, it probably loses the, the, the UL rating that they were shooting for originally. So that's probably why they don't want to do it. Cause they probably said, Hey, we can hit this UL rating if we do this. Mm -hmm. Yes, you can, but it's going to affect the operation. Like Kevin and I had a discussion the other week, like how efficient, how, how, how energy efficient can you go before it just starts ruining the performance of the freaking thing? Like he was telling yeah. me, there's, at hanging evaporators, you know, uh, you know, or, or just front facing evaporators that now are going to require a speed reference. So what they do is as they start speed coming down. Reference. Yeah. So they're, it's a, it actually is a fan motor, an ECM motor that is powered with a zero to 10. This is like heat craft stuff. This is crack stuff. And basically they require a signal. So you put a, you put a, there's a Johnson control thing that'll give you an analog output signal based off of temperature. So if the temperature of the box is set for zero, basically you're going to start tapering back the fan speed as it gets closer to set point. Why? You know, because they want to save energy. But like, once again, how much energy are you going to save? Plus when the thing breaks, it's going to be four times the amount because there's more electronics. Okay. So if they're going to start doing that, how are they doing oil control? I mean, if they're slowing down the speed of the evaporator, dropping the saturation temperature, are they going to have oil return issues then? Oil if separator, it's, maybe. If it's, no, well, if it's piped properly, no, right? I okay. mean, that's that's the whole purpose of, of yeah. doing, you know, inverted traps. You know, when you do your risers, you got to make sure, like, if your line is inching, you know, three-eighths at the bottom, where, where it comes out of the trap, it's going up. It's going to, you know, go down one size. And then if it's higher than like 12 or 15 feet, depending on whoever spec, yeah. then what they want to do is they put another trap so you can keep catching that oil. So otherwise, if you don't do that, you'd have to make sure that you have a shutdown every so often to pump that pump that shit back. I think that it's important that we say something too that, you know, the 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 way that these new energy mandates happen, like the AWEF requirements, AWEF applies to walk-ins that are three thousand square feet or less. Uh, there's other requirements for bigger stuff. It's not the manufacturers that are setting these standards. Okay, the manufacturers are being given energy guidelines yeah. that they have to meet, and they're all allowed to go. It's like the wild wild west right now. They all can achieve those any way they can, and they all have different methods of doing so. So it's not necessarily the manufacturers. And furthermore, I'm not going to name which manufacturer, but I will tell you that a certain manufacturer, refrigeration manufacturer out there went to Sporlin and said, hey, we want you to make us a custom adjustable head pressure control valve that is field adjustable. Okay, now let's think about this. If they give you a field adjustable head pressure control <laughs> valve. What do you think the manufacturers think about this crap? They know exactly what's going to happen when they start running into problems and they go, let's adjust that. So it never goes into bypass mode. So yeah, yeah I thought that was funny, but I mean, think about this though. Like, so they have all these energy standards that the government's implementing across everything, refrigeration, commercial, residential, right? Um, all the equipment is costing more money and um, like all the materials, everything to go into it. When something breaks, well, all right, so 
you're saving the environment or whatever by not using this energy, but then you you have to use the energy um, to manufacture more parts and all this bullshit um, and all this crap goes into landfill. Like a windmill. Because like, all right, here's something. Like you have a tried and true uh, something like a regular contactor, right? Where you know it's going to be pretty hardy, you know, last years to come, whatever. And then you have these like circuit boards where you have line voltage going in and there's all this bullshit with, you know, blah, 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 sensors and everything. They control the on and off. Um, now there's a lot more that goes into that. That goes and you're costing the customer more money. You see what I'm saying? Like, Yeah, but the cool thing is that as technicians and as contractors, we just get to make money off of all this. So, yeah, it's but just, I, I mean, I, hear, I just hear people bitching about it. And we have well, to yeah, educate ourselves on it and stay ahead of the curve. Yeah, but I mean, is that really a bad thing that you have to innovate and educate yourself and just make yourself smarter and smarter? Hey, the people that are willing to educate themselves, we're going to be just fine. Because guess what? Robots in fast food, they're going to replace all the workers, right? All the workers right now are going to be replaced by robots, but someone still has to fix the robots. Someone still has to say, yeah, your machine says that it has a bad part, but your machine has a bad sensor. I'm gonna, That's going to be gonna invent, me. I'm so. going to invent the robot that fixes robots. Yep. Yeah, well, that ain't happening anytime soon. So we're going to be employed HVAC for a long robot. time. So. There's there's a supermarket chain that start. You know how like they all these uh, supermarkets have the OGPs, the online grocery pickup, where you basically order the stuff, the guy comes out and brings it out to your vehicle. Um, there's like one or two uh, customers that are starting to basically get rid of like those packers where they'll have shelves and this robot goes up goes up the shelving rack picks up whatever it wants comes back down puts it in the in the thing and then it gets shipped out directly to your house yeah. so there's no people having to do that anymore so what do you think is going to happen with a lot of the amazon you know workers unfortunately yeah well and you know i go into a warehouse like for instance uh linux industries they have a warehouse near me and i'll go to pick up parts every once in a while I'll do like emergency pickups at the warehouse and I see these dudes, there's tons of dudes and they're driving forklifts all around, you know, and it's like an art. They're like moving around and it's like, yeah, those dudes are going to be replaced. They yeah. probably already are. It's all freaking. I mean, honestly, if you think about it, think about even electronic autonomous cars, autonomous cars, they won't work right now. It just won't work because there's a variable that the autonomous cars can't figure out. And that's the humans, right? But when it's all autonomous cars driving on the road, dude, imagine yeah, when it's driving in a closed somewhere. building like that, like in a warehouse. Yeah, yeah. And, and think about yes. on the freeway. Think about how fast you, there would never be traffic if it's all right. autonomous cars because they'd all drive two inches from each other doing 100 miles an hour, <laughs> but they're all communicating it, you know. But when you put a variable My like humans into Will it, Smith. yep, that's right. <laughs> it's going to be cool. It's going to be cool. Well, until the, until they say that you're using too much energy and they're going to start shutting down all the cars. Hey, everyone, you know we're going to have a brownout tonight, so everyone's going to shut down their power, their car at eight o'clock. So you better be where you're going. Are you in California right now? <laughs> or like when the autonomous cars they they take you to places you didn't really mean to go, but instead of having like Facebook suggestions now, yeah, like, but oh, the yeah, autonomous we, car knows like better, this. Bill. This is where you need to go. Yeah, I don't care if you, you wanted to, to go. go. This is where you need to go. Like I was going to go to the cheese <laughs> bag. Crap, yeah, cheese like, Cake factory and takes you to the gym. Yeah, I'm at the gym now. <laughs> Son of a bitch. He's out in no. Vegas and all of a sudden he shows up at the bunny ranch. It was the last thing you searched on Google. That's why. <laughs> oh, man. You got the whole family with you. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> I don't need a whore. <laughs> I got this one. Oh, man. So, what are you guys oh. doing this weekend? Just interviews man i fly home Chilling early out. sunday morning so i'll be doing interviews all tomorrow back to work on monday back to work on monday what are you doing nice. brett spending time with my kid cool good call yeah that's a good one for sure she uh, my 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 two younger ones have baseball and softball this weekend so my wife's like you know go see maddie maddie's uh, she's about six and a half hours away from home Sweet. I made i made the trip in about uh five hours so i cut off a whole bunch of time because i didn't have to stop for anything Nice. Um, Troy Belding is asking why I'm in a hotel room because I'm in Atlanta. I'm doing some work with Heatcraft Refrigeration this weekend. And then Brett's doing some traveling too right now. So I was seeing if we had the same background. That would have been weird. It kind of, it's kind of similar. Close. That would be funny I mean, though. That we need to figure that out, Brett. That would be pretty epic if all of a sudden I just roll over and you roll right <laughs> next to me. <laughs> like you talking about in the same bed together and stuff? Uh, no, I'm yeah, talking no. about on the same oh, chair no, next no, to each no, other. I mean, no. <laughs> I mean, come maybe, on! Like we ain't maybe. all thought of Chris in some sort of way like that. Uh, no, uh, no, nobody. No. 
Nobody, huh? Jerks. Nope. Nope. <laughs> I gotta. I'm trying to figure out what day of the week we have that NC that Jim Davis class. So, do you remember? Yeah, I thought it was Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. Dang it. That's a lot. Three whole days talking Wednesday. about heat exchangers, bro. Wednesday, Wednesday, yeah. Thursday. It's too bad it's not on a Friday. We can do it together and hold hands in the same hotel. Just take room. the week off. Chill out for the last couple of days during the week. You can uh, you can go along with me. I'll tell him you're a, a potential apprentice. I think Adam is going to travel more than Brett this year. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Adam's passes. like booked up so much crap, and then he told me he was going to come to my house, but now he doesn't have time to come to my house because he has <laughs> I was to come to your house. It's, that's worth it. So <laughs> I, I just got word that someone canceled on me for a class that was supposed to happen up Wisconsin after someone else canceled and said they couldn't teach class in Wisconsin. So I might be going to Wisconsin in November, December. Hmm. And then I'm going to California in October and then I'm shopping for real estate for a new training center. And I'm also trying to broker to get a CO2 transcritical trainer. I'm really pushing my luck trying to get everything that I want. (laughs) Damn, might as well do it now because next year they'd be like, hey, dude, you know what? Give you so much stuff. They're they're saying that the economy is going to tank next year. So blow your budget this year, bro. Trying to get whatever I can. (laughs) Blow it, dude. Blow it now. I'm seeing restaurants right now. I was talking to one of my restaurant like area directors and I'm like, Hey bro, where are you guys getting all your money? And he gave me like this, this answer. And I go, are you sure you're not just blowing your budgets for next year? Like, cause I think that's what a lot of people are doing is just spending everything they can. Cause they know they're not going to have it next year. So I'll be flying into Madison, uh, Macedonia. I think that's the name of the town. Macedonia. Huh? Heard of that place. I could yeah. be wrong. It's like a bad song from high school. You know what I'm looking forward to is, uh, I just got approval from my my owner, no, not my owner, but the uh, owner of the company I work for, uh, to go to Trevor's CO2 class. So that'll be nice. cool. Are you actually going up to Canada? No, no, just online. Oh, okay. Got it. That's but, cool. See, I don't even do anything with CO2 in my daily work life. I never see it. I never touch it right now anyway. Uh, but it's for whatever reason, I always thought it's cool. It's very very fascinating <laughs> what the fuck what do you want me to pull like i got a i got a freaking stylus for my laptop what like okay. what do you want i'll I'll send, I'll send you joe <laughs> yeah use the tool you can't even I feel like them. that's something i would read on a cardboard sign at a stoplight exactly. tomorrow's my birthday can i get a free tool i was i was i was totally off uh menominee 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 falls menominee falls sounds like yeah i don't know um by all rights, though, we did used to give away a lot of free tools. That's been a lot. Then we ran out, and we make no money we, off of this. So we ran out of money. Yeah, that was like a bad Ponzi scheme. Which pretty work. soon there's going to be a new T-shirt design on the website that nobody ever goes to, and maybe we can make some money off of that. What's I'm, I'm, I'm still waiting for my the You'll logo thing it. that we were talking about. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. I think talk that to Adam about through. that, Brett. I think I it fell through. The contact. I sent you the contact info. What? You, you, I sent you. I sent you the logo, and I never got like a design of what you guys were gonna do. I thought yeah. that fell through. Oh, Adam. Yeah, yeah, no, it didn't. I we still need to talk about that more. With the, <laughs> oh, God, there's more. This, we got to talk more. There's a what, lot. Are we married. We gotta have another meeting. There's um, a lot. We gotta have a meeting about the last meeting. We need to weigh the the possibilities. You know what? We should start doing these meetings on Zoom because that would be a lot more efficient. We could do them we during our workdays. We get distracted and get nothing done. We never. We could get totally be working, dude. There's nothing wrong with doing Zoom meetings while you're working. We could. I totally try do to that. call you guys on video calls during the day, and you guys all fuck you button on me. Oh, That's true. Man. I do that a lot. I do that a lot too. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes, and then randomly, you guys call me. It's like you guys call, and then you know. Well, you... duh. It's if it's it's convenient when it's convenient for me. Why isn't it convenient for yeah, you? Yeah, same here. These guys sometimes during the day they get into the point where they just want to talk nonstop, and it's like Bing, 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 Bing. My phone's going off every two seconds. I want to throw it off. Turn that That's shit. That's why I don't have ago. notifications off, dude. I haven't no. had notifications on my phone in forever. I just look down and go. Oh shit, they've been talking for a couple hours. Same yeah. thing. We have a chat with Brett and I see it and it's like I have notifications turned off on everything. I just look at my phone every once in a while. I was Wait, I was wondering 900 missed messages. Yeah, he, he wasn't responding to me. He's like, "Yeah, you got to like just text my actual number if you actually want me to respond." He's like, oh, "All the yep. notifications are shut off for that the Facebook shit." Yep. yep. Dude, oh my gosh. I'm sure you get it now, Brett. Uh now that you're on social media, dude, I get fucking 50 billion like 
video calls and all kinds of shit. People just randomly like, hey, bro, I want a video call with you. And it's like, no, I'm not going to fucking answer your video call. God damn. And I and I feel bad because I like I was like, I want to help people out. But I'm I like, do every I'm once in a while. Asshole but... and alligators and I just don't have the time. I don't have the bandwidth. Yeah. See, I, I do it every once in a blue moon. I help people out. So those of you that I've helped out, you know, cool. But sorry for the. Others. I was one of them. I was early on before Chris had a one million viewers, right? Um, so I, I emailed Chris a question about streaming, and he's like, "Hey, dude, you you got some time? You want to jump on a a video call real quick? We can go over this together." And nope. we've been besties ever since. And after honestly, that, honestly. He doesn't want to help anyone anymore. That's it. That was the end yeah, of it. You you ruined it for me. You reached a certain level. Yep. I'm an no, asshole. It, 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 well, no, I mean, how exhausting does it get? I mean, like, you know, you do this for a living and then you do this, you know, for yourself, you know, the, the whatever podcast that you're doing. Yeah. And it's just, it gets to the point where it's exhausting. Like I remember coming home from, you know, HVAC uh, school symposium after, after we all went to AHR and I was just, I came home and I'm just like, no one talked to me for three weeks. I, I yeah. just, I couldn't take any more input. I, I still enjoy it. Like I like helping people, but you'd be surprised how many people. And it's like, guys, I can't, I can't, you know, and, and I just can't, I'm sorry. I just can't get to them all. I, I help a few people out here and there. I don't mean to seem like the, the, the biggest dick. I'm kind of a dick, but yeah, yeah, it is what it is. Yeah, that's true. Yep. I mean, but... back when I was making videos on like a, on a regular I tried doing the whole comments thing and, and I don't even have that many people commenting on my videos and it was, it was rough. Yeah. I, I answer through like emails and see, that's why I started doing the live streams. Like I answer questions live on the live stream. I'll do that. You send me emails and if it's something like a good topic, then I'll talk about it on the live stream. That's easy. So that's kind of like my day that I set aside to kind of go over questions and different things. So, mm -hmm. Yeah, I had to do that right, right on because when I first started everything, like I found myself just being obsessed with comments and having to answer everyone. And and I did at first, and then it just got out of hand because I was ignoring my entire family. So I'm a dick, ding. That's right. You are 100%. You are a dick. Yep. See, what is he doing right now that's so important that he's in the chat but not on the show? So uh, how Washing basketball jerseys. House says there are plenty of groups to get help. People seem reluctant to make a post. Yeah, dude, that's that's another thing too. Well, first off, people are reluctant, but Facebook made it even easier because you can do that anonymous post thing now. So if you're afraid of asking a question, just hit anonymous. But still, I don't even see the need to. If you go in the right groups, if you go in advanced refrigeration, if you go in HVAC school group, you're not going to get criticized if you ask a question. Yeah, right? some of these other ones, they'll fucking tear you apart though. Oh, overtime. For the, most part, for the most part, overtime is decent. Joe, no, keeps, actually, it Joe really does a lot. Yeah, of, Joe gets in trouble more than anybody else in the whole group. So, actually, yeah, we have to say this, Joe. We get messages that Joe is potentially going to get our group taken down. But yeah. what it is is Joe's actually really nice, and he'll approve a post that's questionable, and then it'll go down the drain. And then they're like, "Your moderator approved this. We're going to take your group down." But Joe literally goes through every comment or question. And he, he does a good job of, of trying to make it, you know. Yeah, we non. should give him a raise. We should give him a raise. We should give him a name tag. <laughs> you know what? On the next overtime show, we're going to give him the full screen. He can have the full screen for the whole show just for the by whole himself. Night. For the whole night. Yep. I just want to hear the, a blow by blow of how the date was because that's, that's where I'm thinking he's doing. Oh, yeah. I'm thinking. I'm thinking. I'm thinking. He's on a date. He's underneath underneath the table, uh, looking at his phone. He's like these motherfuckers. No, I think the date went south. That's why he's watching us in the chat right now. Mm. He's got so much to say the last, you know, twenty minutes or whatever. So. I think it involves some duct tape and some trash bags, and yeah, that's that's all I'm gonna say. He's pulling a Dexter. Yeah, we can all be held as, We could be charged with uh, as accomplices. Accessories. We can be yeah, accessories. Whatever. That's right. That's all right, though. I, I still think that he's under like protective custody. So he's like got some sort of immunity or something. So I don't think he can get in trouble. So I think he's good. I think he's like a diplomat or something, dude. He's got like diplomatic immunity. He's a diplomat. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're like Peter Griffin laugh right there or what? <laughs> yeah. That's as happy as Bill can get. That's yep. about it. Yeah. Well, I say we wrap it up, guys. Let's wrap it up, bro. Yep. Uh, I got a Thanks lot of stuff to do out. tomorrow. Yeah.
It was cool. Yeah. Thanks for coming uh, in here. So guess what? I didn't tell this to, you know, the outer webs or the inner webs or whatever you call it. But uh, our intro video that we paid for, we officially lost our money on it. Fiverr's hmm. took our money and they said, thanks. And I got an email about it. They said, if you want to contest this, let me know. I'm like, no. I, th I think Adam's trying to make us feel bad. Because he's told us that like 20 times. Hey, man, just let it die. No, but like there was Jeez. money just sitting there, but now it's gone. It's officially gone. <laughs> what? So you were, you were paying for a new intro? And yeah, you like put it in your cash. No, let's, let's preface this. Adam got this harebrained idea. He's like, without, hey, uh, without pre approval. Let's, get, let's record a new intro. And then he goes, hey, guys, I paid Fiverr a bunch of money. You just need to send me all new clips. And so he pays this money without even talking to us, and then he's mad at us because we haven't sent him the clips. We don't know what the fuck we're supposed to send him. You Is could that be right, Adam. Yeah, dip your milk in cookies and send me that. We can make it. All right, I'll, I'll send you a clip. Hold on, dude. Let me let me. Oh, it's too late now. I'm not buying this again. <laughs> oh man. All right. Cool. Well, thanks, Brett. Yeah, not a problem. Uh, just uh, another reason for Joe to come find me and murder me in my sleep. Yeah, yeah, he doesn't yeah. need more reasons. <laughs>